at the next game. So it is the Saints and Collingwood. And uh, I tell you what, I was tipping St. Kilda. I don't even know why based on that. That was literally them and Essendon, I think, were probably the most uh, unimpressive as far as the, the season. Hey, guys, the season started and um, they pretty much pulled an Adelaide back in that, was it a 2019 grand final or whatever it was, Swiss? But um, now speaking of relevance here, I'll tell you what, we can't go much more than Hayes now. Hayes for me, I was tossing up between the two. Uh, I was having a look at, okay, well, Hayes or Dixon. And at, at the time, and the, the hard part is that knowing when people are coming back into the side. So I had, okay, well, Hayes, Dixon, one of them's probably going to fire. One of them's probably going to fizzle out. I was like, Ryder's definitely on his way back. Um, so I was like, well, can they play, you know, Ryder, um, Marshall? And then you look at your other, um, I'm trying to have a look now, Membry and Wood as well as fairly tall, but not, you know, crazily tall, but he still can play tall. So I'm like, there's no, there's surely there's no room for this guy. And I know he's highly hyped and highly rated. And um, he just literally set the world on fire. I don't have him. So now I'm, at least I get to wait until his name for his third round because he'll probably make you 100K in his first bloody week. But um, super impressive. He actually did some real good things, got some crumbing. He looks like a big, tall, lanky guy, like, you know, like um, uncoordinated. But I tell you what, he's pretty clean. He just moseys after him and just... Kind of like reminded me of, um, was it Happy Gilmore? And he's like, hey, that belongs to Mr. Gilmore. He's like, rrr, rrr. Uh, super impressive. He's going to make cash. I am still concerned though with maybe now they put Ryder in the VFL. It depends how the Saints play. If the Saints come out and win and he still plays well, I think he's okay. Then maybe they'll go, okay, well, um, Paddy Ryder, go play some VFL, get some a little bit of fitness up. We can at least manage your minutes a little bit more. Um, but it'll be interesting to see because – if anything, how well he played, it actually probably makes makes memory and it could make even like Wood's job a little bit more harder, uh, in my opinion. So it just depends. Swizz, what do you think? Yeah, mate. I didn't see as much game as I wanted to. I was coming back from the um uh, from the uh, what was the bride's grandma's funeral. So that was I only got to listen to the first half on the radio. But yeah, I had Hayes in on my bench because I just thought A for the loophole, but if you're gonna pick up a guy who's twenty five years old. Uh, I think you're going to give him some opportunities. And Ryder, as much as he could come back, he's going to probably go out again. Like, Paddy Ryder's a fantastic player, fantastic um, person. Unfortunately, his body just continues to let him down. And, uh, yeah, even I thought if Ryder did come back, there's always that chance. And also, Marshall's not 100% always with his body. Like, he's had some injury problems. So I I thought there was definitely this as a kid that, well, it's not even a kid, but definitely somebody I wanted in my side at 102K and, Wow, like I saw in some Saints fans on Saturday who were there and they were just like, that was one of the better oh. first, well, probably one of the best first games you'll see until the next day and then until the next day. But um, yeah, no, he did everything you could possibly want out of a first game. Uh, you know, he, as you said, he attacked attack contest, but for a big guy, his groundwork was amazing. Yep. It's, uh, it's funny because it shouldn't even be the rising star. It should be the rising planet. There's that many popping off this week. But um yeah, and, and that's the thing. And and even now with, you know, Martin as well, which we'll get to. But the thing with these other players is, is that if there are teams that genuinely think they need to push finals, like their coaches know, Essendon coach, Saints coach, they need to push finals. So when they get mature players in, they have a better chance of playing. If you're in the shit kickers team, then generally, you know, like Sam Mitchell and stuff, not that they're shit kickers, sorry, but, you know, I mean, they can play the youth a bit more. Whereas when you're kind of in that window where you're pushing towards finals because things are at stake, then those people that can come in and actually make an impact straight away 
are more likely to play. So that's why I think with Martin, yeah, tip and tippers out for a bit and, and all these other things. But for me, I'm definitely keeping Hayes. If you don't have him, don't put him in just yet. My concern is that there's probably Hayes, um, Martin, and Durden that I could probably get in my team. And if I sit and wait a week, there's a chance that I might not be able to get them all in if I have an injury uh, or if, um, you know, uh, Crisp stinks it up again that I might need to make a move. But either way, I think that the the trade this week is definitely, or the tip this week is don't trade unless it's Barry that's injured and it says he's actually injured and he's out. Don't trade because I would rather not trade this week and then just happen to use my boost next week to make sure I get the right rookies if I need to. The extra week of data is so pivotal. You get to see their role. You get to see their second score, which is going to be in their cycle for longer on their price points. And then also it's an opportunity that you know you can make sure they get out unscathed because you get to make sure their name for the third round to get a price rise. You make sure they don't get injured. If Imagine if you bring someone in and then next week he's done an ACL and then you know, touch wood, Lord forbid, but then you have to trade him out again without a price rise. So it's just absolute anarchy. Don't do it. Get the, the data, make your decisions once they're named and go for gold after that. That's a bit of a rampage. So there you go. Yeah, mate. Um, and I was in that situation last year. I think with Lucky Jones and that, like you go one week early, gets injured and then just stops you. So yeah, and that's no good. I think there's three other St. Kilda players we need to talk about. Uh, well, Marshall, can we talk about Steele? Yeah, Marshall Steele Marshall and... Grisham Steele. The three. Yep, that's that's the only three that I'd probably consider to talk about. Oh, are we going to talk about um, Owens? Owens two, uh, which will be just which will be Owen two. Which, yeah, Owens which two. Which will be Saint Kilda this week. Which will be Saint Kilda. That's it's funny because I actually said I said uh, be ironic after after the week because he'll be Owens one uh, after they don't win. But uh, I think Fremantle, if they get all their players back over in WA, they will be Owens two, which will suit Owens uh, first round to Supercoach. Now. Sometimes you nail them, sometimes you don't. Owens gets a two, and obviously he's a shit pick. Um, you know what I mean? So it's one of those things. And if you nailed the other ones, you just got to take the two and fro. I didn't have Owens. I had Ward, and but I didn't get your Hayes or whatever. So you just make your correction trades, which is why you trade at the start of the year anyway, to correct. Um, yeah, Oh, so Marshall I thought was impressive enough. Um, it's going to depend on Paddy Ryder. So if you brought in Marshall, you're sitting going, yeah, 124, Marshall all the way. You're going to be doing it every week. The old Marshall. Um, kudos is where kudos is due. Uh, this is one week where you could definitely holler at a Marshall. But um, I don't know if you have that down there, Swizz, holler at a Marshall. Yeah. We, Com- yeah company, yeah, there you go. Yeah. little plug. Oh, I think we do, oh, unless I've just spent so much time in Queensland and I remember them. Or, yeah, not enough time broken down. Um, but, yeah, Marshall is... I thought he was impressive enough. If you got him, I think you'd be happy enough. I wouldn't be going out of my way to get him. Uh, if Paddy Ryder was definitely having big issues, then Marshall's ruck time definitely goes up and his scoring potential goes up. Uh, the more he spends in the ruck, that DPP goes out the window. So for me, it, he pretty much has to be the number one ruck in order to be a consideration to even try and push the top two or three. Otherwise, it's a hard pass. Uh, Gresham's an interesting one, though. Now, we'll go Gresham, then steal 299k. Uh, I was definitely within consideration and with because of the injuries that they did have, you know, Clark and um, a few others uh, and Billings, I was like, okay, well, maybe Gresham will have to play a little bit more of an active role. Started horrible. I was looking at him and I was like, holy crap, like Gresham was scoring horrible, didn't look good. I think got a bit of a firecracker up the ass in the second half and just came out and absolutely just dominated. Um, he was very impressive to the point where I was actually like, oh, like, yeah, definitely within consideration. Scored a 109 super coach. Uh, if he goes well again this week, he could be in consideration for 
if you have some cash, you know, if McGovern doesn't, if he fizzles, then there's cash there to kind of get Gresh in if you need to correct. But um, yeah, it's an interesting one. It's a hard, tough like price point though, 300,000. You're kind of wanting them to, he's going to have to get to near premium numbers to make the 150K anyway. And at that point, you'd expect him to be a keeper if he's going to be getting you to 500,000 or close to. Mate, I don't like the Christian pick at all. Um, the reason I say that, yeah. A, injury, injury history, like he's got a habit of scoring 80s to 100s to start a year and then he just gets injured. Yes, he's probably St. Kilda's second best midfielder. I, I hear all these things, oh, we've got this player and that player. You've got nobody outside the steel. Um, you, you're genuinely rubbish. But yeah, you've got, uh, you, Grish looks good. The thing what boosted Grish's score, kicked the first goal of the last quarter, puts him in front. So obviously there's going to be some extra waiting on that. And then he kicked their, he kicked the Saints' last goal, which put them back in touch. So the goals that he kicked were of vital importance, and you know he's got that ability to do that. But the Saints aren't going to be in close games where Gresh is kicking those sort of points. So I, I don't have his breakdown, but I would have a, a general guess. He, he got 40 to 50 of those points in that last quarter because, as I said, I was listening to the game the first half. didn't sound like he's doing nothing. And then all of a sudden, yeah, he came in the game, as you said, probably got a firecracker, got in the right positions when he needed to, and well done to him because he is a quality player. But Yeah, I think yeah, he got a bit he, of scaling. You're going to get a lot of scaling out of that, and that's why he got the 109. Yep. Uh, speaking of steel, uh, what is he, the second most expensive midfielder, 685K or third most expensive? I think he's second uh, around that took mark. Now... <laughs> I'll tell you what, he, he could not have looked anything like less like Steele. Now, I watched, he, initially he looked okay, scored quite a few points in that first quarter or the first half of the first quarter, and I was like, okay, well, Steele's going to do some damage here. I know a lot of people put the C on him because, you know, last year Steele, when he played Collingwood, went like 168, but he just didn't look himself. Now, this is concerning to me because I have a lot of faith in Steele. I quite have a, lo- a lot of love for Steele, but... He just didn't look himself. He, I don't know what it was, um, but he just didn't look himself. And that's, I think, the Amy as well as this one. Now, I'm getting a little concerned that maybe there's something underlining that they're not really telling us. Uh, that could all be blown away this week when he comes out and absolutely dominates. But for me, I am a little concerned slightly uh, that I'd be watching him this weekend just to see if he actually gets himself back. Um, yeah, it's an interesting one. Didn't hit the disposal too well. Scored an 87. You know, I mean, it's just one of those ones where it could have been a lot worse again. I think he got a couple of sort of later ones. Uh, Swizz, what do you think about Steele? Well, I, I had him a lot of the preseason, took him out and did Me that too. structure down the Crips. Um, oh, and yeah. it was just kind of a little bit of looking through his stats. I know everyone's like, oh, but he does this and that and has the ability of 150. But even last year in the first seven, he scored two 91s. Uh, the year before, as he was starting to go, um, even the, those first six rounds, he had a 73 and an 87. He is a notorious slow starter of the season. And then after the buys, he comes home like a house on fire. Um, so I'm, I actually think yeah, there's probably a couple of games in here, maybe the Hawks, Richmond, Suns, where he probably will get that 140, 150 and, and even out that average a little bit. But he, yeah, notorious, he does have a slower start to the season and seems to work and build his body in, into it. And, you know, it's the sort of guy that you want to be targeting sort of round seven, round eight as one of those midfield upgrades or even is your round last 10, year? round 10. Well, so around that buy yeah, round, round, if you can 10. get him, well, basically depending on the price point here, but they play Melbourne, I think round eight, Geelong round nine. So I think he'll still match up against Geelong's midfield. Then they got Adelaide North. 
Um, Brisbane, will, they won't sort of tag him there. Then Essendon, they don't tag. Sydney, Carlton, Fremantle. It gets a little bit harder after that. But I'll tell you what, that Adelaide and that North game uh, could be definitely on show just before the buys. Um, could be an option there. So uh, listen, that's one for me. I do like him. I'm just watching it. But it's one of those ones where you kind of look and it's like not characteristic. So then you kind of start thinking in your head like, hey, is there something like going on that we're not being told? Um, but that's just me being paranoid after Josh Kelly playing forward last year. <laughs> and and Freo um, is his actually worst team to play against. He's had a couple of stinkers against the Pies in the past too. But yeah, so I don't expect the rebound to come this week. But as you come into sort of that Richmond Hawthorne Gold Coast run, um, so I can see a lot of people if he has that other sub 100, and I think he could go sub more, maybe probably sub 110 this week. I, I don't see him actually going over that. Um, you think a few people think, will jump ship? I think a few people will jump ship. They'll be looking at, oh, shit, I've missed Took or go down to Rally or Crips or something like that. And all of a sudden, you'll come out, go Richmond, Hawthorne, Gold Coast, and you'll probably go like 120 or 150 and 120. People will be like, oh, shit, why did I trade steel? Uh, mark that. Yeah. Replay this over and over because that's how it's going to go. Yeah, 100%. Don't trade him out. He'll still be in the top six to eight 100% of the time. Um. Right, that's the move on from there. Now, straight up, let's go Lipinski. Now, Lipinski, great price point. Uh, something we've spoken about a little bit as well. So us and Chris and looking at it, if Barry's injured, is it worth freeing up the cash? Basically, what is it, like 100000 more? Is it worth trying to free up the cash with the good forward rookies that we're being presented? Free up some cash, 359K. Lipinski came out with a 130, was it 133? Uh, 133, just absolutely lit the house on fire. Now. The thing that I think he has in his favor, he's like the second best mid, I think, in that sort of stoppage. So when you kind of look at okay, Adams is sort of the in and under, I think Lipinski was uh, super clean, really hardworking, can get forward and hit the scoreboard impacts like all the doggies of old do. Because when let's face it, when you play the doggies, you have to play forward or multiple roles or be able to actually hit the scoreboard. And I think he really flourished. Um, definitely a better midfielder than uh, Crisp. So for me, it's kind of like, okay, well, you have the Dugowies and your Elliots, which are their dynamic one, and you have their your your harder in and unders. So you have your Adams and a few other people that kind of can play that one. And then you get the um, outside players. So they try and really complement each other well at Collingwood. And I think for me, that price point is definitely appealing. If he goes well again this week, he could be definitely in that price point to make some cash. But I stand firm on he is not a keeper. So I, I'm tossing up. If Jared Berry's injured, then yes, I could see the appeal. Otherwise, you're wasting two trades, trading to get him in, and then you're going to have to trade to get him out again, and you are relying on the fact that he keeps that scoring projection to make you 150,000, which means he basically gets to have – he has to get you to about 500. So he has to average you 100-plus. Swiss. Yeah, well, he was one that I was targeting in drafts and got him in a few drafts, so I was really wrapped with, with how he started – you know, it looks good, needed that opportunity. I, I, like, I bagged that friggin' Coops a lot, but he, he did say on his um, podcast that um, he had Lipinski as a smoky for the All-Australian. And I think, I don't think he'll go that far, but he could end up in that 40 squad or near that um, because, yeah, he comes in that and probably Collingwood's number two midfielder, as you said. So, yeah, it looks good, but, yeah, I'm a bit with you on that one. It's like, okay, I'm tra- if I'm trading him up from Barry to him, I'm wanting him to be uh, top 10. Uh, I don't like, okay, what's he going to do? So you wait, you spin the trade. He makes 150 to 200. I think he'd probably get to 550, uh, but then 
is yeah it's that other trade out it's really borderline i would nearly prefer to go down from berry if to like you know if you missed out on Rochelle or your Dacos or, or the Horn Francis or something like that, because you're going to make as much cash, if not more, through that. Um, and you can obviously have the extra money that you, you've you got left over to possibly upgrade somebody that you've missed um, there. So I, I think he's a terrific player. Um, I, I don't knock it, but at the same time, I don't think he's going to go out and do 133 every week and that he's probably going to be that 100 sort of guy, 105 and then it's going to put you in a bit of a no man's land of what do you do with him going forward when everyone else is upgrading and getting Steele and Oliver and those people. You're going to have Lipinski getting his 105 and coming up against 120s each week. Yep. And it's also one of those ones where you're like, oh, he's going well enough that you'll upgrade him last. And then next minute you're like, oh, I've got some injuries. And it's funny because Chris kind of said it last year. I was like, no, nah, it's fine. I'll get rid of Tex Walker when he peaks out. Next minute I had some injuries and I had to trade out some people. And then Tex stayed for one week too long and then dropped, obviously, Tex dropped his poor scores. Um, so it's one of those ones where I don't mind it if you have an injury. Like if you have a Salem and you have a DPP or something rather than you can swing it or obviously defenders are a premium at the moment. But uh, there is a little bit of uh, room to move, but I really can't see it at this point in time. I love him, but um, up to you. As for how you go, I don't mind him in my team, but I'm not going out of my way at this point. If you started him, kudos to you. Well done. Um, next one, Grundy as well, I thought was just Grundy, like got around the ground plenty. Um, again, I think there's so much room for Grundy to go bigger this year. 124, um, really good sort of VC sort of option, um, coming forward. It, it's just a, a no brainer for me. I think Grundy, if you got him, you know what you're expecting. You got what you're expecting. And if you got Gorn instead of Grundy, then you're probably sitting there going, oh, well, yeah, that's the price you take 50, 50, um, Great price point, great outcome. Uh, I can only see this continuing. The next one I really want to touch on is Dacos. Now, Dacos is probably one of the most relevant players at all, and he's only in 82% of teams, and there's 18% of the teams that probably autofill, sitting there thinking, geez, why don't I have Nick Dacos in my team? 193,000. This guy could honestly legit be almost worth keeping as a, a D6 or a swing player. I think he gets better as the season goes on. If Collingwood actually start having any impact in the midfield, they might even just go, hey, we need a clean player. You know, if, if uh, say, Crisp gets injured or someone or other, they might even just throw Dacos in there and go, we need a, a good user that makes good decisions. And you know what's crazy is that Collingwood call him the ball whisperer or something or other. Like it's the ball whisperer. He he does magic things with the ball. He kicks it and it goes where he wants it to go. For a first-year player, now played one game of football to call him the ball whisperer or whatever. It's just absolutely outstanding. Uh, I couldn't rate him highly enough. I think it's funny because we Chris will be the next one we go into and we'll talk about his role and obviously how he just stands by and waits for a handball received that he never gets. It's like waiting for waiting for an Amazon package that you just never never uh, arrives. Um, but for me, right, it's Dacos back flank killed it. Great decision making. Racks up plenty of ball wherever he goes. Racking up ball. Um, when he goes midfield permanently, I don't care how much he's costing as a defender, I'm picking him up 100%. Uh, and then you've got Pendlebury as well. So I think Pendlebury and, and Crisp were sort of switching a little bit. Um, but when you've got two good ball users, which Collingwood didn't have previously in the defensive line, when you have Pendles and you have a Dacos back flank, distributing the ball with good decisions and elite precision, then it's like, okay, well, Crisp is in the midfield, but when he's going back, they don't need him as much anymore. They don't need to look for him. 
Uh, I'm not sure if it was the fact that Maynard was suspended as to, you know, whether that affected his output, but he stood in the wrong places. Maybe he was rusty. He stood in the wrong places. He didn't get the handball received. Collingwood are looking to go forward more than sideways and chip it around and possess the ball like they have previously. So I'm like, okay, well, if they're not going and possessing it, if they're going forwards more, he was in, he was just in the wrong spot. So it was going over his head or he'd run beside someone and they're not going, Oh, let's just give each other nice, easy possessions. They were just moving it forward and actually getting rid of the ball. Uh, I still think he goes okay, but for me, it seems based on the first week and it's hard to judge, but he seems more like a 9,500 kind of guy and not a, a top 10 in my opinion. It's hard. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one. And the annoying thing is I must have flipped the coin five, six times and actually did it on my side five, six times with him and Hall on the, on the Friday as I was, as I, was I don't even like Aaron Hall and I was tempted. And, I go, and it just like, yeah, watching him play, and I think you got a little bit right with that, Maynard, but Dacos, that, you know, we're going to be talking three, four years. Raul Walsh Dacos, who was the best of the – of those three and that because yeah he is such a good player and coming off half bath they've got a lot of confidence on him having the ball uh, he goes and looks for his brother and his brother kicks the ball up into the forward line McCray's got them playing a bit of that Richmond game style and it's moved the ball off half back they look forward and um and then it's pressure forward up there too so just as kind of we expected crisp I was watching it uh in that second half he was either standing with skill and trying to do a bit of a defensive job, or if he was there to win the ball, you're right, he was getting in completely wrong areas. Um, he had, I think, his second quarter and maybe the third, or there was two quarters in there, I think he scored 30, po- 30 points in each quarter. So he scored 60 from two quarters, and I think he scored nine in the next No, I think quarter. it was like nine in the, nine in the first quarter. First. I think it was like 30 in the second. Then it actually went like minus, I think, in the third, and then another 30-point quarter. So it was... Uh, I think he gave away yeah free kick against and a few things and we're like oh my god Chris we're like what are you doing? Um, I actually just so realised I had deja. There's I had deja vu, Swiss. Sorry, I had deja vu. I remember oh, yeah. a long time ago, just literally as we're speaking here. And I don't believe in any of that shit, right? But deja vu. I honestly now sit there thinking that I brought Aaron Hall into my team, and then he gets injured. <laughs> Like, I'm not even kidding. And then the guy that I traded ended up killing it, and it probably makes sense. Now that I'm thinking about it, I think it was Aaron Hall, someone I don't like, that was killing it. I bring him in, they get injured, and the guy I had starts dominating. So it's kind of like the the Kelly, except this time actually it feels real. Um, so, yeah, I don't think I'll have to – I don't think I can pick Aaron Hall now, guys. I honestly can't uh, because it's going to happen. And that's the frustrating thing because he showed for a half a footy there that, you know, he he was going to go 120. But the other half, I don't know what the freaking hell he was doing. So I think there was a bit of, well, depending on who they had in the midfield, because obviously they threw Dugowie in there and he looked really good at times. Um, Pendles had a little bit of a run through there when they needed him to. Uh, so when Chris was, I think when he was settled, knowing what role he was playing, he was fine. But then once other guys and they started chopping and changing, he just looked completely lost and had no idea where to go to get that ball. Yeah, the good news and you told me this one as well. It's worth waiting and seeing and watching, A, for more data, but B, because of their opponent this week, Swizz. Yeah, they're playing the Adelaide Crows this week. Uh, so, yep. yeah, and, and he's a bit notorious too. As we talked about Steel, about starting slow, um, Crisp has got that uh, in him too. Uh, 
don't know if he's not. I was actually just getting up. Yeah, and I think and, uh, 89 or something. Or 89 or something low. last year. And or 86, like, yeah. He does have a bit of a habit of doing this as well. And then he comes out in the second week and actually goes bang. So, and, and that can happen. Like, you know, they, the defensive coach or, or midfield coach will sit down with him and go, okay, this is what you did right. This is what you did wrong. This is what you need to work on. He's a good enough player to actually work that out. And the thing that I did pick him for, unlike Aaron Hall, and this was why I ended up still sticking with Crisp, is as much as, yeah, I could, and my, my mate was saying this the other day, it's like, no, you've got to start Hall, and then you just know you're going to use a trade. But I'm like, with Crisp, I'm not using a trade because he plays 22 games. He's one of the most consistent footballers in the well, game. And durable. Yeah. Yep. So it's it's just what I, I kind of wanted because I knew there was those guys like Hewitt and, and Cripps and other guys I was willing to take a risk on. And I just wanted that steady guy who I know was going to play 22 games down there. So especially this year, defenders mm. being so shit with the rookies yeah. being so shit. I don't want to rely on a De Kooning who's now knocked out to, I don't want to rely on needing a bench player to cover me for a week or two, not in defense forward line, maybe a little bit midfield, maybe a little bit. Right. But especially to start the year, you don't want to rely on these rookies because while there's a premium getting a good score, you're taking a crap one and it automatically hurts you uh, automatically. So I think for getting the the consistency and the durability, I think is definitely important when there is a weak line like it is in defense. I know it hurts, and I know I said what I think about his, his scoring potential, but I am keen to see him this weekend, and I'm not trading him this week. Yeah, Even and, if it means and, that there could be three rookies that I miss and I need to use my trade boost to fix rookies, I'm okay with that, and I'll keep crisp and have faith that he will come back. Um, if there's only two that I really think that I've missed and he stinks it up again, then at least I can look at that as a luxury and make that decision, but you have to hold for this week. Adelaide, I think he goes 100-plus. Yep. Yeah, and, and if he really did stick it up, then we then we have this discussion next week. But, yeah, until round six, really, and when we get McGovern and Dacos possibly back there, um, I still think, like, Adelaide, yeah, then the Cats, but then uh, then it's West Coast the week after that, and you've got Anzac Day in there too with the, with the Bombers. So, and you get that, like, he's been – he's scored a couple of times against the Cats – he scored a 143 um, last year against West Coast. So, you know, it's, yeah, it's one of those things. You, we can give people warnings. They're going to do it. Let them do it. Go to Aaron Hall. Aaron Hall probably comes out the next two weeks and goes 140 and then pings his hammy and they're like, oh, crap, now I've got to go back to Crisp again. So, fine, use your trades. Yeah, exactly. Use your trades. Go hard. <laughs> go um, last one we'll touch on is the goey. Um, 463k. I think if you started him, if you were one of the 8% of teams, I think you were very impressed with what you got, uh, to go in a winning team, as far as, you know, winning the round, you'd always expect him to have some kind of scoreboard impact and to do well. I think it did look very good. Um, if you started him, you'd be extremely impressed, but, um, it wasn't like still got some midfield rotation, but I think with Lipinski in and, you know, Chris playing more of a prominent role in that midfield. I think they already said he'll be kind of going in and out, probably switching with Elliot. So it's not a pure midfield role at this point. Uh, needs that scoreboard impact, kind of like your Trelaw to really generate and help with his scores, except unlike Trelaw, he can actually hit a ton. Um, <laughs> but look, I think if you bought him, I think you're really impressed. Uh, someone that I am still watching. But at this point in time, I think if you wouldn't be going out of your way to bring in a Dugui Swiss. Yeah, no, you wouldn't be changing, but that's just one to monitor. I don't think he's going to burn you just to watch price and that. He's going to have weeks where he's going to go well, um, but yeah, I think you're going to be picking him up. Kind of, maybe it's like thirty or forty k more dearer, but who cares? And that you know, be one of those guys. We'll we'll have an analyst. We'll look at 
when we get those DPPs, which forwards we might have to pick up who were originally midfields. And if we don't get many, then yeah, go out and go get to go as one of your upgrades. If we do, well, then it's a um, he's probably one that we'll just you know put on the back burner. 